Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. I want to speak about something tonight. Acts 27. I got a lot more reading than I. This is this is unusual for me, but I've got more scripture tonight than normal. In just the reading, now not down through the message, but just to get a message across to you, I felt like I needed all of these verses, and so bear with me tonight as I read scripture. Acts 27, starting at verse number 21. And I know there's some of you that's uh, it's going to think uh, when I get started, I thought we was done with prayer. Amen. Acts 27, 21. But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Glory. Praise God. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Drop down to verse number 33 through 36. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were, everybody said then. Then were they all of good cheer. They also took some meat. Drop down to verse 40. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands, hoisted up the main sail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the fore part struck, stuck fast, and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. So it came to pass that they escaped, everybody said, all safe to land. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the stir in my heart of your word. I'm praying, God, that the same stir that I feel will be in this sanctuary tonight that you would stir up the hearts and the minds of your people. Let the anointing, God, not me, but thy anointing, Lord, rest, God, upon this message that it may come forth with fervor, with urgency, God. Lord, would somehow God propel us to pray more earnestly than we have ever prayed before. I ask it, Lord, in the lovely name of Jesus, and I give you thanks and glory. Amen and amen. Clap your hands as you see. 
I could for a while tonight, I want to speak to you on this subject. Your prayer may be somebody's miracle. Your prayer may be somebody's miracle. If you don't mind, I want to go back and pick up pastor's prayer subject and preach to us a little bit tonight about the importance of our prayer individually. I think sometimes we have no idea how far our prayer reaches and who all it touches. In fact, there is no way that we can even know or phantom how many lives has been touched by our prayers. Individually from this church, that we have all gathered and prayed for some purpose. Maybe people thousands of miles or away. Maybe not even in this country. And you may not have realized it, but you were a part of the answered prayer because the church came together, not just our church, but churches all over this United States that came together and was praying for a purpose even in foreign lands and God answered that prayer and you become a piece of that prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In our scripture text, it seems that there had been some fasting going on. Paul speaks of a long abstinence in verse 21, and it seems the ship crew had been on a 14-day fast according to verse number 33. And I believe Paul's fast, though, was a fast of fast to the crew members of this ship. For... The Bible teaches us that he had a visitation of an angel. So it was not just an ordinary prayer, but there was a visitation from the other side. It's one thing to have a prayer meeting and to, to pray, but it's another thing to have a visitation from the other side that comes and visits you. Glory. Somehow I want to be stirred that I don't just pray. But I pray until I pray through, until something from the other side come and visits me in my prayer. Oh, hallelujah. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul, it seems like in his prayer and this visitation of the angel, that the angel must have gave Paul some instruction on how to handle things in this storm because Paul began, we find, to give some instructions on what must be done. Glory. Now, I don't know about you, but as I read this, the Lord began to work on me because I began to think of the prayer that Paul prayed and how he had been fasting longer than the rest, it seemed. On top of the fourth day, the 14 days, he had been fasting long before that because in early verse, it, it had been a long time since he had taken food. I don't know how long he fasted. But I would have liked to have been there for Paul directs them that it's time now for you to eat. He said, it's been 14 days since you have taken anything. You've been on a fast all these days. And I instruct you, I've been instructed by the angel to tell you that it's time to sit down and have a meal tonight. And just from reading scripture, there must have been some... Uh, uh, there, there was some people scared. They were uh, not sure if their life was going to be saved or not. Even though Paul had told them that he had seen an angel. An angel had stood by me this night. And he told me that there was not a head of any of you all. Come on. There's nothing going to vanish, but you're all going to be all right. And, and Paul says, we're going to eat. And the Bible records that he prayed over the meal. And then it said, then, amen, it seems that even the prayer brought a peace. 
And the Bible says cheer. Everybody said cheer. The word cheer there means in fine spirits. All at once they go from a spirit of fear to a spirit of peace. And not only peace, but they're almost laughing and having a good time at this meal. Glory. So now we find Paul and uh, he has given them further instruction. Let me go back to just a little bit and I'm going to open my heart up with you tonight. And I'm going to just, I'm just going to be plum, uh, plain before you tonight as, as bishop. I can do that and you all can laugh and I'll laugh with you. But you're going to be, you're, you're going to be taken away by what stirred this message up. My son was, my daughter-in-law was. They laughed and, and, and that's all right. I want you all can laugh. I'm going to give you time to laugh. A while back I was having this unlikely dream in the wee hours of the morning about potatoes and potato chips. I said, man, Bishop, you've gone nuts. I'll guarantee, I'm a little eccentric. I am so simple that God has to show me things, Sister Rhonda, in the simple way. All these smart men up here, the Lord can talk Greek to them and they understand it. But he's got to talk to me in simplicity because I'm just a simple person. I can't help it. I've been that way all my life. Anybody ever had a dream about potato chips? Go ahead and laugh if you want to. Come on, you might as well. It's all right. Go ahead and laugh. This dream was great in fact that I always love potatoes and I love potato chips don't y'all laugh too much because I'm going to get you involved tonight I brought my potato chips I don't know what you're going to do praise the Lord hallelujah let me coin a phrase from pastors brother Mason would say Walk with me a while. Don't laugh me to scorn yet, please. This dream was very real to me because it reminded me again that the tasty potato chip that I've enjoyed all my life is nothing more than a thin slice or slices of a potato. They are actually pieces of the whole, if you please. Amen. And when I woke up from this dream, it seemed that there was a spiritual content to my dream. So as always, in the wee hours of the morning, I headed to my office to say, Lord, what would you have me to do with this? As my mind seemed to take me to the scripture text, that I read you tonight, I found that in this scripture, pieces and prayer came together. The chips, if I might say, came together with the whole. I believe the Lord was trying to tell me something about prayer. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, every part of your prayer could be a miracle to somebody. Glory, I'm about... I'm about to feel it now. Hallelujah. Think of all the things that you ask the Lord for during your prayer time. You probably don't thank Him for near as much as you ask Him for. Amen. I want to turn you to the Scripture text tonight that you might take notice of some things they began to do after their prayer and their fasting. Sometimes prayer mobilizes you to do some things that you maybe would have not done before. I said prayer mobilize. Everybody said mobilize. I don't know about you, but I want to be mobilized by my prayer. 
I don't want prayer to be a dead end thing that I kneel down and say a few words and get up and feel no different than what I knelt down. I want to realize that in my spirit something is happening when I'm praying. Glory. I watch that thing every now and then because I think when the pastor's preaching, you know, we already move that back because I know how I am. I don't want to get stomped on, you know. Amen. But I want to tell you something. There needs to be a connection to the other side in our prayer that we know we have been heard. Brother Terry, I get worried if I get up from my prayer and I've never felt a connection from the other side. to get down here and, and I'm going to dig around us a little bit but I am worried that the church is in a place where they feel like their prayer has done no good. Anybody felt that? Come on, I've been there. We've all been there that we felt like our prayers was going to the ceiling, Brother Fred, and that's about as far as it went, that God didn't hear it. There was no connection. But I want to tell you, even the times that you feel there's no connection, there is an ear that's listening on the other end to every word that you're saying, to everything you're asking, he hears. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need a prayer that will mobilize us. Somebody say, we need that kind of prayer. Come on, let's say it to the devil. We need that kind of prayer. And we don't only need it, but it must happen. If we're ever going to reach Mount Carmel, it must happen that we feel a connection from the other side when we're praying. I don't know about you, but I'm praying against principalities and powers and things we can't see. But I must feel a connection from the other side if I'm ever going to win this battle. Hallelujah. Now notice after... My long siege of reading. I want you to notice that after they had eaten, after they had had their meal and they got to feeling jolly and comfortable and good, felt peace. Hallelujah. After 14 days of fasting and however long Paul fasted, notice what they'd done. They, they'd done the unlikely thing that you and I wouldn't do probably. Hallelujah. They threw the food overboard. Come on. Glory. Everybody said, throw the food away. I want you to know they didn't need the food. You know why? Because they had the daily bread on board. <laughs> Woo! Paul had just had a connection with him in the night. That let him know that everything was going to be all right. Anytime the, the bread of life tells you that eat and throw it overboard because everything's all right. Honey, throw the food away. You don't need it. I've got the daily bread. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It seems like the only time that we can see that, though, is sometimes in our fasting and prayer. We can't believe it otherwise because we're not looking through spiritual eyes. It's through carnal eyes. Hey, I'll need that. I, I can't do without food. But the, he said, hey, you eat it. This is your last meal. I'm going to feed you another. Amen. But this is the last one on this ship. Just eat it and throw it overboard. You ain't going to need it anymore. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about the, the miracle of your prayer. Hallelujah. Notice in verse 40, they cut the anchors, Brother Terry, and left them in the sea. Yet the anchor holds. When your ship is tossed, come on, and battered, the anchor still holds. 
You may have cut it loose, but I've got the anchor on board my ship. I don't have to worry about throwing it away, honey. He ain't going no place. As long as you're on the ship, he's there, and you can hold on to him. You don't need the anchor when the anchor is on board. Hallelujah. And then we see the next thing. They cut the rudder bands. Glory. No guidance now. No guiding this sheep, this ship. No guiding it. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't need the rudder. (laughs) Woo! You don't need the rudder. Come on. You don't need the rudder when the guide is on board. Come on. He is the captain of this ship. Come on. There is somebody that's in control. Come on, church. A lot of times we think in our storm that uh, it's all messed up and we don't know which way we're headed. I don't care where you're headed. If the master's on board, you've got bread. You've got the captain. The anchor is there. You don't have anything to worry about. Put your faith and trust in him and keep on sailing. You will reach destination. Hallelujah. And then they done the most unlikely thing. They give themselves to the most unstable thing, the sea. That's where the storm was. That's the waves that were battering their boat. That is the thing that took them off course. And now they have cut everything loose and they've given themselves, everybody said, to the sea. But I want to remind you that I, Brother Terry, know the master of the sea. There used to be that old song. I know the master of the wind. Come on. Come on. When you know the master of the sea, honey, you don't have to worry about all you need is a boat. And if the boat, come on. If you don't have a boat, then God's got a way to deliver you some other way. But you're going to be all right. Your storm may come and it may go. But I'm telling you, in the midst of it, everything's going to be all right. In your sickness, Everything's going to be all right. In your time of need, everything is going to be all right. Brother Fred, I didn't comment to the comments you made to me before church because I knew I was going to preach on prayer. And Brother Fred, I'm here to tell you, I may be your brother, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be all right. I don't know when that store is going to sell. I don't know how it's going to be done, but I know one thing, that Jesus is control of your ship. And the storm that you're going through, you don't have to worry because the master is on board, and he's the master of the sea. Come on. He knows everything. He knows what the weather's going to be like. I must remind you, he controls the sea. He controls the wind. He controls the food. He is your anchor. Hallelujah. The captain was on board. And because of prayer of Paul, And of the ship crew, 276 souls were saved that night. And every one of them were a piece of that miracle. Everybody said a chip. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm, Glory. The captain was on board the ship. The deliverance was not in the ship, yet it was. Stay with me. Walk with me. 
the deliverance was not in the ship, yet it was. The chips or the pieces of the whole became the miracle of those who needed one. And those who could swim probably swam better than they had ever swam in their life. They could not have swam that way without God. Come on. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, come on. They were swimmers. Oh, my Lord, they were swimmers. Maybe not in themselves, but there was something ordinary about that night that it didn't seem near as far as it would have otherwise. You know why? Because the Lord was with them. Come on. Even in their distress of fighting for their life, there was another life that held a hold of their life. And because of the connection that was made before they left the ship, everybody made it safe to shore. I'm here to tell somebody what you're going through. You're going to make it through all right because the master is in your storm. He's swimming with you. You're not going to fail. You're not going to go under. God will not allow it. Your prayer may be somebody's miracle. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord. Took my mind. Back to a time. Not many weeks ago on a Wednesday night. Sister Jenny came in up here. After prayer. To stand in for Sister Brenda her future mother-in-law, which she does quite often when you're not here, sister. You're not without prayer whenever you're not here because she stands in. Sister Brenda was sick at home. First of all, may I say, we, we need something, and that is for somebody that cares enough to stand in the place of somebody else. I said we need somebody that's caring enough to stand in for somebody else. <sighs> Woo! That means that we need a person that feels their pain. Whoa. Somebody said an intercessor. What I say is, God, give me compassion. For somebody else besides me and my family. If I could just take this dividing line down tonight. And Bishop has done this over and over in the 20 plus years. Of being in this church. Being pastor. And now Bishop. Let me tell you something. We need to cut the lines down. That there is. There is Bishop McGee's family. There is Brother Terry and Sister Rhonda's family. There is the Penrods that is a part of the McGee's. It's my brother and, you know, and my sister-in-law and my nieces and my nephews and my great-nieces and my great-nephews and, and all of the in-laws and the outlaws and... We need to take that wall down because no matter if you're a part of the McGee clan or not, you are a part of my family because we are all a family of God. And unless we learn to work down here together, we'll never make it up there. Oh, oh come on. Oh, no wonder the church can't go. The church as a whole. I'm not talking about this church, but the church. We have divided lines between this group and that. Come on now. Help me out. Come on. They're not a part of our group. Oh, yes, they are. They're a part of the body of Christ. And if we'll put ourselves together in prayer, we may get a connection to the other side. And our prayers might be answered. 
We need to come to church and come together as a family of God and not a family of Penrods, McGee's, and Malone's, and Trout's, and I don't want to mention everybody. I just take too long. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need a connection in our family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me a compassion for Mount Carmel because I'm expecting Mount Carmel to become a part of my family. Come on. If you don't want them in your family, then maybe you better change churches because I'm planning on winning them. Come on. I don't know about you, but I want Mount Carmel as a part of my family. All 7,300 of them. I want them in this church. Bishop, you're dreaming. Without a dream, without a vision, you'll perish. And you're starting off a high. Hey, I, I've got the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And if my God is able to save 276 crew members without a boat to travel in, what do you think he can do for Mount Carmel that don't know truth? I don't know about you, but I want to spread the good news that Pastor talked about. Ah, I don't want to tell him a sad story. I want to tell him how good and how big my God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got to be a part of that compassionate group if I'm going to win Mount Carmel. Sister Brenda, whether you realize it or not, you are a part of the reason Jenny received the Holy Ghost that Wednesday night. If she hadn't come and stood in for you, she wouldn't have received the Holy Ghost. But guess what? She come with somebody else in mind. <laughs> I'm going to dig around this church. Come on. Somehow, I want you to grab a hold of what I'm saying. We need to stand in for somebody else. We are too worried about our own little group. I don't know, but there's some that's out of my family, that's out, outside of these doors, that's not my family, but maybe nieces, nephews, and others, friends and people that I have seen come through these doors that are out of the boat. You can... And they haven't prayed. And they haven't sought the Lord. And they're going to drown if it isn't for the church on their knees praying, God, Save them from the storm. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. The prayer, Sister Brenda, for you that night became Sister Jenny's miracle. It became her deliverance. Oh, she received a piece of the whole that night. Oh, woo, glory. Hallelujah. She received a piece of the whole. Glory. You got to understand that there is pieces floating around off of every prayer that's waiting on some place to land. I preached way back in the first church. I still won't forget it. It was a full house at night, crowded. There was visitors, and I preached this message. Glory. A miracle just looking for a place to happen. Come on. Hallelujah. Can you grab a hold of that? That every time you pray, there is chips, there is pieces that are flying off of that prayer, that are just waiting to find a lodging place, and you and I think we're not doing any good praying, that nobody hears us, that God's not hearing us, that he's not answering prayer all over this world. Your prayers are being answered, and you've not even realized it, and you quit praying because you don't think your answer is ever going to come.
your prayer may be somebody's miracle. I want to tell somebody tonight that your deliverance may hinge on prayer for somebody else. You, let me say that. I said your deliverance may hinge on praying for somebody else. It's all about me. Come on now. When we get in trouble, we pray about us. We pray about our family. But I wonder what would happen if we just say, Lord, they're in your hands and start praying for somebody else. I wonder what would happen if, if our, you know, our children's lost. If I just quit praying about them saying, God, you're going to have to take care of it. I can't do nothing about it, but I can pray for somebody else. Come on, they know the truth. But God, I got to pray for that individual, Brother Mason, that don't know truth, that's never heard of the saving grace of Jesus Christ, never heard of his love. I need to pray for those in Mount Carmel that's in that situation. Your prayer is somebody's miracle. You got to understand that it's not always about you, but it's about somebody else. When Jenny went with somebody else in her mind, the Lord done something for her. Her miracle came. Her prayer come that she wasn't even praying at the time. And I must admit to you, and Sister Dawn, you was down here. I've never seen anybody receive the Holy Ghost so easy. That while we was just praying for Sister Brenda, she started speaking in tongues. Come on now. Come on now. She didn't seek for hours. Come on. It was taught Wednesday night. She didn't seek for hours. She just lifted her hands and began to pray for a future mom-in-law. And God said, I feel a connection up here. And, <laughs> woo! and because you got the mother-in-law on your mind. I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to give you a piece of the miracle and it's going to come to you. Man, I feel like stopping right here and saying, Sister Brenda, let me tell you, if that miracle came on her, I'm telling you, I believe that there was a piece of that miracle come to you and I've not give up on what God's going to do even now for her. Her prayer may become a part of your miracle. Just as you was a part of hers. Oh. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost up here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me just insert. Let me, let me, let me put a commercial in here. Blind Bartimaeus. He was set by the highway begging. I'm, I'm going to tell you, y'all know. <laughs> See there? It can happen right now while we're in church. While, we're, while the word of God is going forth, she may just receive her miracle right now. Her healing can come in the name of Jesus right now. Yes, sir. Brother Terry, blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the highway and he was begging. But I must remind you, if you look history deep in that chorus, you will find that it was not because he was poor. It was not because daddy and mama was poor. They brought him here every day because it was the entrance in the city and he seen who come in and out. And I must remind you that blind Bartimaeus was not sitting there for himself because he knew that there was no cure for him. Come on. 
the doctor couldn't cure it. There was no surgery that could take care of it. It was going to take a connection with Jesus Christ. Come on. For him to be healed. So he sat there watching for somebody that knew God or that could have a connection in heaven. He was waiting until his answer come. So he thought, I'm just not going to do this for myself. But there's others that need the money. And he put his cup out there. And people come die. And they dropped in it knowing that he didn't need it. But he was given to somebody else. That was his need. Let me curl your hair a little bit. Like me, I'm getting curled. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. Glory. When you don't have anything to pray about and everything's all right in your life, you need to get your cup out and say, I'm standing here for somebody else. Come on. I want somebody else to get healed. I want somebody else out of my family to get delivered. I want somebody to come in here that we don't know. None of us know. Not come on.
remind you that Barnabas received his healing because Jesus passed by even though he was sitting there for somebody else he received his miracle because he was there for somebody else he threw his royal garment away he didn't need it after he come on he did not need a connection to a royal family he was now in a royal family that did not need a garment come on Yet the only garment that he needed was a garment of praise. Come on. You put on the, come on, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and the oil of joy for mourning. Come on. That's the garment we need tonight. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I didn't know whether to do this or not. I'm just going to try to tell it in my own way. book that I've had for a long time it's called the promise of answered prayer and I want to just do something here in the closing I'm I'm about to close but Calvin and Miriam's relationship Calvin's mother and dad lives up a couple floors above Miriam they became friends, and next thing you know, there was a relationship between them. Miriam's got two children. They were partiers. They began, they partied on the weekend. They lived for the weekend. Anybody know somebody like that? They had a drinking problem. You know, on, on the weekend, they would spend a lot of bucks just having a good time. Eventually, they added to drinking, snorting cocaine. And as their friends and them sought new thrills, this is the world we live in, I'm telling you. They added marijuana to the mix, sometimes even sprinkling the joints with cocaine before rolling them in order to experience both drugs at once. Then a friend of the supposed friend of theirs was their best man at their wedding, invited them to a party featuring free basing. And they was in this party until 7.30 the next morning. And Calvin, having spent his entire $720 paycheck for the week, And now they've discovered that something powerful and attractive to them is at their fingertips, but it is deadly. They had now joined the world of crack cocaine. The little girl, the little girl had seen a flyer announcing a Friday night showing of a film, A Cry for Freedom. Sponsored by a local church, and the 12-year-old insisted that Daddy go with them to see it. He brushed her off. But later, Calvin picked up the flyer from the table, and his heart melted enough that he reluctantly agreed to attend the showing with the little girl and boy. When 
pastor gave the invitation that night at the end of the film. Calvin was the first one kneeling at the altar. But he admits that he did not actually ask Jesus Christ to come into his heart. But it was ridden guilt, Brother Terry, that caused him to go and to even kneel down to somehow admit that he was causing everybody a lot of problems. Not coming in until the wee hours of the morning, paycheck spent, needing money. But now, the next Sunday, the rest of the family returned to church, but Calvin didn't. Now the church body began praying for Calvin Hunt's salvation. Lord, Come on, I said the church. Everybody said the whole body. Glory. Three years went by. And finally one night, as the rest of the family went off to church on a weekly prayer meeting, Calvin went to the family apartment and he heard a noise. From a closet came the soft sound of someone weeping. Calvin was spooked and he panicked and he ran for the door, took off to the church. He burst into the church and stood at the back scanning the crowd. Suddenly the same sounds of crying struck his ears, only much louder now than back in the apartment. The whole congregation what is it was in earnest prayer, calling out his name to God in faith. Oh, oh. Come on, I say the whole church. Come on, chips every place. They're praying for Calvin. The pastor opens his eyes and says, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Here he is. And the church went wild. To make a long story short, Calvin found God that night and it turned his whole life around because there was chips of prayer from the church going out. The whole congregation began to seek for one man's salvation. I wonder what it'd be like if we as the church would stand together, maybe 10 of us at a time, and each one of us would take a different individual, and we would begin to pray until we got a connection to the other side. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, your prayer may be somebody's miracle. Hallelujah. The brokenness of others may become your miracle. I said the brokenness of others may become your miracle. The brokenness of that ship became their divine deliverance on boards and pieces. But they all got to shore. Some of them swam. Some of them used the pieces. The chips, if you please. The Come on, the front part stuck. The large front stuck. But it was not the big part that saved them. It was the chips. It was the brokenness. It was the pieces that saved them. The chips of your prayer can do a miracle. all about giving a little demonstration. It'll take me a couple of these big ones in case there's none left. Since I bought them, I'm going to eat a few of them. Now would you hone in to the spirit a while with me? Because we're fixing to do something that's going to remind you of this. I hope for the rest of your days. And I hope you live long. I want you to look at these chips as your prayer. Handle that, so I'm gonna put it up here too. 
Okay, let's, let's just suppose, since Sister Brenda is at the top of our prayer list right now, that we're all praying for Sister Brenda. How hard are you going to pray? Is that all you're going to? I want you to keep it. <laughs> There's always a few hogs. <laughs> That's the way, hey, hey, come on. We're all that way because we want it for us. This is not for us. It's for somebody else. We're praying for your mama. He'll take the whole bag. I'll have to watch him. That boy's mama's boy. I know that. Now, I want you to think now. You all are taking chips. But listen, this is for somebody else. But for you to receive your miracle... You got to pray for somebody else. I know, Dad. I'm gonna give you some too, so you can eat. Bless your heart. You need some. Give, give her a chip or two. You want a chip? Chip. You want a chip? You want a chip? Man, I haven't you got her into prayer yet? Oh, Jesus. Glory. Y'all don't know what I'm going to do yet. You haven't even got an idea. Oh. Everybody say hallelujah. I want you to start feeling the connection even while I'm passing the chips. Come on. Oh, yeah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory. I said, get you a big one, brother. Oh. Betty, they could be a prayer answer because of the chips. She got a lot of faith. Praise God. All right. Oh, yeah. Come on, Don. You're surely praying for something here. I know he thinks he's going to sit with Grandma and then he's going to move over and get him on the other side too. <laughs> Papa didn't raise no fools. Here, get your chip. I ain't going to run out. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hey, you all laugh, but God's about to do something. He's about to do something in here. Oh, Jesus. Connection coming. Better get one for Keith. Or is he? Oh, I see. Okay, I understand. Well, maybe you better take one for him. Did you get one for him too? Get, get one for him. Oh, yeah. You want a piece of this, don't you? Sure you do. Oh, yeah. I know these guys want a piece of this. Surely something you need a prayer. Somebody needs prayer. Oh. That's a chip, brother. You want one, Andrew? Get, get a chip. Get a chip. That's it. Come on then, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Fred, this can be your answer. Could be your answer. To be your answer. Huh? Yeah, I know you can't just eat one. I know it. Glory. They're feeling sorry for me, Sister McGee. They're going to let me take the rest of them to McDonald's, I guess. Oh, brother, come on. You better get one for Sister Christy, too. She needs a chip. All right. Brother Terry, come on. I know there's something you've been praying about. You and Sister Rhonda, I know there's things you're praying about. I haven't forgot you all over. I'll be there. Believe me, I'll be there. Oh, Brother Mikey's needing a miracle. Sister Rhonda's needing a miracle. Sister Roberta's needing a miracle. 
Oh, yes. Mariah's needing a miracle. Come on. Logan's needing a miracle. Landon's needing a miracle. Sarah's needing a miracle. Boy, she needing a miracle. Brother Josh is needing a miracle. Brother Eric, bless his heart, he needs a miracle. <laughs> Sister Shannon, we, hey, we, there's a, we need to be praying for this girl. Special need, y'all. Oh, Jesus. Brother Pat needs a miracle. Shelly can be changed. I'm sorry, I said she can be changed. It don't have to be this way. Brother Jerry needs a miracle. Come on. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Now, if we, oh, I'll send a messenger. Oh, 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 oh. Glory. I'm telling you. This is your prayer. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to take this and we're going to eat this. Okay, you just help yourself, but I'm going to tell you something. You might just miss your miracle too. I don't know about you, but I've done blessed it. You take bread out of a tray that everybody's dipped their hand in. No difference. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to eat this because I want to tell you something. We need to consume our prayer. And you that's got more than one, you need to eat until they're finished. Y'all, I'm going to be eating for a while. I got the whole bag. Thank you, Brother Mike. Let me tell you. Paul consumed his prayer to the place that there was a connection to the other side. We need to consume our prayer to the place to where we are not just praying to Him, but we are praying through to Him. And on the other end, He is hearing, and the prayer, the answer is coming back. Just as quick as the night we was praying for Sister Brenda, God heard the prayer and sent the answer back to Jenny. We need to pray with that urgency in our spirit. Just how important is your prayer? When you think about all of the prayers that you pray and all the people they're going out to, that every one of them has the possibility of being a miracle. Come, Brother Mason. I'm closing. Your prayer may be somebody's miracle. I'm opening this altar tonight. The chips of our prayer make up the answer. Come on. It may be a Calvin in our life that we're praying for, but I want you to know there's power in prayer and number. Many things throughout this United States 
of happenings for the fire departments and firemen and everything else that we have prayed for all together. God has brought answer. Say, well, said that. Now, it may have not been for our prayer, but I'm going to tell you, we was a piece of that prayer. We was a chip. We was part of the deliverance. Come on. I must tell you that everybody that comes through these doors and finds God in an altar, those that are filled with the Holy Ghost, they're all chips of the prayers that's went out in this church for people. I wonder what it'd do if we get down to business with God and pray earnestly until the answer comes. Altar's open. Stand with me. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.